Welcome to the Magic Pisces Podcast. Before the ayahuasca, before the clear blue skies, and before the great awakening. Here we go. This is really weird. I can't tell if it's recording because I don't have my headphones. I left my podcasting headphones in California, and now here I am in Chicago, so I'm recording into the microphone, but I don't have the headphones plugged into the microphone, so I couldn't hear the intro music as I was beginning to record, so... We'll see how it goes. Welcome to the Magic Pisces podcast. It's birthday edition. March 20th, 1975, 46 motherfucking years old. How about that? That's crazy. How did I become 46? I don't know. I don't know. Um... Yeah, life just, life, in the words of Mike Ness, life goes by so fast, you only want to do what you think is right, close your eyes, and it's the past story of my life. And that's kind of how it's gone, I'm in my childhood home, I'm experiencing childhood feelings, (laughs) sensations, automatic, childish, and childhood uh, sensations, thoughts, feelings, emotions, automatic ways of being. Uh, there's a sense of reverting to the inner child. All of the sudden, I'm like 45, and then I'm 6, and then I'm 10, and then I'm 17, and now I'm getting emotional just talking it out. So that's what returning to your childhood home will do to you. And fortunately, I've been in the, the home I grew up in since I was... My parents have been in the home since I grew, I grew up in since I was 5, 1980, we moved here. Maybe it was even 79. I can't remember. But, um, yeah, so life truly does go by so fast. And it could be over today. It could be over tomorrow. And as Bob Marley says, good friends we've had and good friends we've lost along the way. R.I.P. to my friend Andrew. I miss you every day. Wish you were here. And um, so, yeah what to do, where to go, where to go with the Magic Pisces podcast. It's, um, I just had an exchange. I posted something on Facebook. Yesterday I was on the plane and I was watching a video on the plane and I got inspired to share a video uh, or, or make a post regarding um, censorship happening in the sense that um, it's it's become so rampant that people are actually self-censoring. So people are not saying what they feel they're not honoring their truth they're not honoring what they're at least honoring what they feel to be true uh, because they are afraid to offend those who have taken upon taken upon themselves to be offended on behalf of of others and uh, you know the, the the whole wokeanism thing and um and one of the conclusions i came to or one of one of the the comments i posted in the the comment stream or whatever you want to call it was that you're 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 you've never been an actual rebel until you've posted unpopular opinions or shared unpopular opinions opinions and then felt or experienced the consequences of those unpopular opinions and it's it's it can be really challenging because i am in fact a people pleaser I might come off as kind of a rebel, but I am a peop- I am a rebel at heart, but then that childish part of me, that inner child part of me, that adult child part of me really wants to please, it really wants to be liked, it really wants to it really wants approval. And so it 
it's really challenging when your intuition or your hunches tell you one thing and you feel compelled to share those things and then people don't agree with them and then perhaps they don't like you and now you've got to deal with that and so it's challenging having a not only like a rebellious heart but also a kind heart um a rebellious heart but also a compassionate heart that's one of the things i do know about myself is that i am as kind as the day is long and so it's challenging being put in positions where um, the things that i think and not the things that i do the things that i think and not the things that i say to you know strangers or friends or whatever those aren't what matter it's it's the thoughts that matter now and so you've got you've got a thought police there's a there's a, there's a legitimate thought police out there and um, they are paying attention to what you think. Fortunately, more and more people are getting hip to it, and they're just they're just saying to hell with all of you. I'm just gonna be who I am. But you know, I posted two episodes ago. I was talking about the Dr. Seuss thing, and I get the Dr. Seuss thing in regards to um, in in regards to it being a company, and the company decided that it was racist so they're stopping the publication of these books i get that but conversely i i mean i sort of i sort of get it i sort of kind of could maybe agree with it but even though i don't and that is it's actually a less unpopular opinion than social media or the mainstream media would have you believe it's actually an opinion shared by you you could probably propose that to a hundred people, if you just took a segment of the population and 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 got their opinion on what's going on with that, it would probably be right down the middle. Um, but when the one side has the the media at their back, the press at their back, it makes it very challenging for the other side to feel as if they're even being heard. And so that's and and then they get labeled conservatives, which I am not. So it's really becoming very interesting how all of this stuff is playing out. And the illusion is crumbling. The illusion, the, the, this, it, the whole thing is, is just falling to pieces. This, this paradigm, this Piscean paradigm is collapsing and the age of Aquarius is emerging. And we are going through an incredibly interesting transition period that I honestly believe was spearheaded by Donald Trump. I believe Donald Trump is the one that I don't want to say he led us into this, but he was the impetus. He was actually an impetus for change. And go back through the queue and you can find the episode where I'm talking about Donald Trump as the archetypal fool sent by, you know, aliens or something to disrupt. And that's, he was truly a disruptor. You say whatever the hell you want about him. He was not part of the traditional establishment. And the traditional establishment has been reclaimed by this very peculiar, very odd, very, very, very odd administration. I don't know what the hell is going on there. It's very, very, very weird. It's, if you energetically tune into it, it doesn't seem to pull a lot of weight. It doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. And again, this is not as unpopular of an opinion as it would be were I to post this right now. You know, if I were to jump on Facebook and post this right now. Instead, I posted a picture of myself in a, a full-body sweatsuit 
uh, which I put on the minute I get to my parents' house, I put on this epic sweatsuit and I just don't change out of it. And I just lay around and, and I happen to be podcasting today, but usually I don't do shit and, uh, it's pretty nice. And the Midwest is incredibly grounding and, uh, it's so good to be away from the ocean. The ocean is just so dippy. It's so la-di-da. People in California talk the way they do. Like this kind of, <laughs> yo, dude, that was like a big wave. And I hope I get a bigger one next time, but the next, the, it might be smaller. Like the reason people talk in California talk like that is because they're so close to the ocean. And the reason surfers talk like that, this is my theory at least, is because they sit in the ocean all time, all the time. So it's very dippy. And the second the plane landed, I touched down and got really grounded and realized how insane I've been as a result of not getting away from the ocean. And I also realized how much work I've done to recover and to heal because the, the normal triggers that I have when I, when I get into the home of my parents, they're really not here. It's really interesting. It's really cool. So back to what I was saying, um, unpopular opinions are, if you have one, I think you should share it. And it's not to sound like a dick, but (laughs) like, Believing that it's all racist, that's a very popular opinion right now. What's the unpopular opinion that can exist inside of that? What's the yeah but? What's the yeah but? And I've shared many yeah buts, many nuances. As I said we sh- we're swimming in a sea of nuance. And uh, it's really, um, it can be incredibly hurtful when you share an unpopular opinion. Like Sinead O'Connor wrote up a picture of the Pope on Saturday Night Live and it was dead silence, and then she got booed off the stage at the Grammys, I believe it was. She got booed off the stage, and Bob Dylan consoled her. She shared an unpopular opinion, and she experienced the consequences of it. Jesus shared really unpopular opinions. Hey, what the fuck are you doing collecting money here? And they were like, you know what? Fuck this guy. Let's whip him uh, a couple hundred times and then make him drag this cross through the streets and fucking nail his ass to the cross and let him suffer to death. And what did he do? He chose to forgive. He forgave in the, he forgave in the face of all that. And uh, I was actually reading uh, Course in Miracles yesterday. And um, there's this, this part about projection. I'm going to pull it up. Hold on. Okay, here it is. Lesson 130, it is impossible to see two worlds. So it says, perception is consistent. What you see reflects your thinking, and your thinking but reflects your choice of what you want to see. Your values are determiners of this. For what you value, you must want to see. Believing what you see is really there. No one can see a world his mind has not accorded value, and no one can fail to look upon what he believes he wants. And so that would beg the interesting notion that perhaps if I'm talking about the vaccines killing people, that my perception is dictating that that is actually what I want, or that my perception, that comes as a result of how I am perceiving everything. And so if I'm looking out for that, I'm going to find it. And look, I looked for it and I found it. And those looking for safety in that, look, they're finding it. Now, it's, and and so these, this is the, this is another one of those fine lines, trying to as hard as I can to be responsible for my perceptions while also honoring my intuition, while also calling out what's out there. Um, and so if you're looking for America to be racist, guess what? It is. And if you're looking for it not to be, it won't be nearly as much. This is what I found that there was 
for me to be responsible for. So where am I projecting? It says in The Course in Miracles, it's either perception makes projection or projection makes perception. So what, you, what you're projecting is how you perceive and so if you're looking around for things to be a certain way, evidence will show up in your experience to validate that story that you have. So if love is painful, guess what you're going to attract into your life? That perception or that projection is going to make that perception. It's going to become a self-fulfilling prophecy. And so, But this is where things get interesting, again, is that the press is in charge of people's percep- perceptions or projections. And... I have really, I, I reference um, Shapiro, his podcast a lot. It has absolutely nothing to do with the fact that I agree with him on certain things, although he he will go to bat for anyone. He will go to bat for anyone's right to share what, to, he will go to bat for anyone's free speech. It doesn't matter what they are, uh, what, what the person has to say or whether or not he agrees with them, which is something I find to be very admirable. Uh, so, but I don't go, I, I don't listen to his podcast to, um, because I agree with him on various issues. I listen to his podcast because he is dismantling the lies that the, the, the press is telling everybody. The press is just, they're just telling everybody these lies. And I mentioned, I think in the last episode, I said, you know, that America's racist, it's all bullshit. It doesn't mean that there aren't, isn't racism in America, but you are being sold, we are being sold a very, very, very narrow narrative. It's very, very narrow. And it's, you know, so now there's this, and there's this attack, this shooting on the spa and at the spa and these Asian women were shot. And so now it's, it's all about racism against Asians. And now I've been, I've been um, stop Asian hate, you know, and it's a horrible thing to happen. It's awful that a crazy person showed up and blew a bunch of people's brains out. But I've never, this is, you know, an unpopular opinion. opinion. If I were to post this on Facebook, it would, I just don't feel like dealing with the consequences of this unpopular opinion. But I've never in my whole life, I've been alive 46 years to the day, exactly, I've never heard, I don't think I've heard one slur ever against an Asian person. Maybe, I, maybe I have, I don't know. Um, I can't recall anything offhand. And, you know, in Chicago, there's a lot of kind of just casual racism, like casual N-word, or there was growing up. It was just sort of like, a, particularly on the part of like a lot of the blue collar folks, just this sort of like, you know, the South Side Irish types. It's just this kind of casual racism. Um, I went over to a friend of mine's house year and a half ago and we were hanging out and this other kid shows up and and he just starts throwing the n-word around and throwing the coon word around <laughs> like some old school racist terms it's like yeah fucking hebes and fucking you know and i think he used the word he, he 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 was being derogatory against jewish people against gay people against black people kind of all in one sentence um and uh you know, in my mind, I'm sort of thinking, yeah, maybe, maybe you're into gay black dudes, and that's this is all just a projection. Maybe that's what's happening. It's what I actually thought. It was kind of funny, um, but so there's just this sort of casual racism in Chicago. But I never had experience. I never. I can't recall one thing. I can't even recall like a an Asian joke, like a a joke about Japanese people or a, 
I, I think there was like some racism against Japanese people um, back in like the 40s, like uh, Japs or whatever. But, you know, they they were kind of there was some some it was just completely different back then. Um, I think my grandmother might have been prone to throw the word Jap around a little bit. I would never use the word Jap. I don't know. It just wouldn't. It's not something that even enters into my mind, you know. So now we're being, again, there's this very narrow narrative being sold to us, and we have to believe it. And all these people just immediately believe it. The Most of them are the Wokians. And if you argue against that, you're an asshole. If you argue against that, you're a... A conservative, which I'm again, which I'm not, you know, I'm as socially liberal as could possibly be, as I've stated many, many times. Um, maybe not as possibly be, but pretty goddamn socially liberal. And so it's just really interesting because I was watching it's interest, it's discouraging as I was watching this video uh, last night, this Cliff High video. And basically, what he says, what he's saying is that we are entering a uh, a silver crisis and basically China who we get all of our manufactured goods from like computers and cell phones and whatever else they're running out of silver and it's it's serious because you need silver to build cell phones and because of there's silver we're running out of silver um, that a cell phone an iPhone could cost five thousand dollars in a few years or ten thousand dollars in a few years and then a whole everybody's just gonna be like the fucking hell with it anyway and so we're heading into this period of Wu-nomics where we will be discovering, this is where I'm talking about enter the Wu again, where we will be discovering the true value of things as dictated by necessity. Because inflation is perhaps going to go through the roof. It's actually gasoline costs are skyrocketing in California. I think they went up every single day for 40-something days in a row. Lumber is also going up. And so, and then... You know, Cliff High calls it helicopter money. Biden administration is just dropping money out of helicopters on people, and they're completely enabling the population. There's currently there's there's no one in the with 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 obviously exceptions. There are obviously exceptions, but anybody with a half of a brain who is able-bodied is capable of finding employment right now or starting a job or something. They don't. Nobody needs any more money. And nobody needs to be enabled any further. I think I shared about this in the last episode. I know this kid from Canada. The government of Canada literally delivers Oxycontin and Dilaudid to his door. They deliver Oxycontin and Dilaudid morphine to his door. And guess what? This is a bright kid. This is an in, in, inventive kid. This is a creative kid. And this is a rebel-rousing kid. But if he's high on Dilaudid or if he's waiting for the next delivery, he is absolutely – he's not going to start thinking for himself because he's too busy being medicated by the state. And so that's interesting. <laughs> I don't know what that is. That's weird. And then he's getting his helicopter money. And so the the need for silver is going to – the government's just printing tons of money, and if you've got a little bit of silver, silver, the government is likely to approach you, or someone is likely to approach you. This is all according to Cliff High, by the way. Fact: do do your do your research on Cliff High. Come to your own conclusions about Cliff High. Cliff High, I am not claiming to be speaking the ultimate truth, but he is speaking uh, an alternative which is worth paying attention to. I will definitely say that much. So you're likely to be approached if you've got a little bit of silver and offered an shit ton of this money that they're printing this helicopter money for that silver 
And so the, the value of the dollar is likely to decrease enormously. And then it's all moving into, like I've mentioned recently, this whole crypto world, this emerging crypto world. And there's a particularly, uh, my favorite cryptocurrency is called RSR. It's part of this movement called Reserve. You can go to reserve.org and check it out. Uh, backed by Elon Musk, I believe, is up in it. There are some incredibly powerful financiers with lots of money invested in this reserve.org. It's essentially a vision to combat global deflation. And it's fascinating. I got a handful of the tokens, and it's going up pretty rapidly in value, which is really cool to witness. But so the the stores of value now are Bitcoin, and it's moving, it's actually Bitcoin and various cryptocurrencies, and it's actually shifting away from gold. And now silver is going to be um, more valuable than gold very soon if it isn't already. And it's likely that you will be approached to sell whatever silver you have for all of this paper money that is essentially worthless, but you can then take that, not worthless, but it's, it's losing its value. You could then take that, that paper money invested in crypto and then increase the value, which, which then goes up in value, which then you could sell. And then you're sort of beating the inflation game that's, that's creeping in. Um, you know, furthermore, Cliff High talks about they can't end student debt. Student debt, student debt fuels the whole fucking thing. Like putting in debting people, right, at enormous interest rates, it keeps an aspect of the money machine going. So if Biden says he's going to cancel student debt, I don't think he can. I think that that would just completely and totally destroy the economy. I'm not enough of an economist to know this. Um, so you've got my point in sharing all of this. There's more to it. Um, for instance, the the Biden administration is pretty much done with BLM. Like you're not really going to hear too much more of that. And I think Maybe they'll be trying to do some Asian Lives Matter thing. But it's just if you just notice and you tune into it, the the energy of all of that is fading. It's no longer useful. It was useful when Trump, the racist, was in power. It was usual, useful to perpetuate a narrative that would eventually get Trump out of power. Trump, in a lot of ways, was truly a threat to the dominant paradigm. You can say whatever the fuck you want about him. He was a disruptor, as I've said before. So my point in sharing this is that this is, it's something like this that is actually going on. It's something akin to like this very deep um, economic, perhaps economic collapse in the near future and the collapse of the dollar the incoming the the upcoming collapse of the dollar empire essentially he talks about more further evidence like people in countries i believe kenya it was kenya or some other african country they started buying bitcoin and it completely fucked up their completely fucked up the stabilization the the attempt that the government of that country um, was making to stabilize the currency. Bitcoin came in, and all these Nigerians or uh, Kenya—it was Nigeria or Kenya—started buying all this crypto, crypto uh, cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, and then the government banned it. And then they just went to neighboring countries and bought it, and then sold the Bitcoin, and then bought back all of this. And for for the sold the Bitcoin, and then essentially bought back the money at a profit. And so they're beating inflation, and it completely disrupted the currency situation of these African nations who then adopted Bitcoin themselves as a back-to-their-currency. 
and all every other the majority of the world's currencies are in some way tied to the dollar and they're becoming less tied to the dollar now and this could result in uh, worldwide destabilization of all currencies in which we are going to have to scramble to discover what is truly a value, which might be like a fucking cow. Because a fucking cow and a half an acre of land with a couple of cows on it can feed people. You could feed them milk, and then you could kill the cow, and then you could feed them meat, and that might be what you need. You don't need any more of this paper money. What you need is some fucking food in your belly. So buying a cow might be one of the smartest things you could do right now, or buying just a couple of cows might be one of the smartest things you can do right now. Knowing how to butcher a cow might be one of the most valuable things you could learn how to do. And we could very well be headed for some fucking Handmaid's Tale shit. You just never fucking know. So... It's, uh, I think it's the bad brains, they say these are Coptic times. I'm not sure what Coptic means. Hold on. Coptic is the final stage of the ancient Egyptians. So perhaps we are entering these uh, Coptic times. Um, we are certainly in some sort of Armageddon in the sense that something is being revealed to all of us. And there is an opportunity for everybody because it appears as if traditional capitalism is in fact collapsing. But as I mentioned, I don't know if I mentioned this in a podcast episode or in a Facebook post, but it's it's not collapsing into this sort of, so like the, it appears as if Biden and them are trying to get capitalism to sort of collapse into this helicopter money type of a thing. Like, we'll just give the population money, we'll extend unemployment benefits, we'll keep people inside in their homes, we'll tell them that COVID is still dangerous, we'll tell them they have to keep wearing masks, and we'll just seek to suppress them. It doesn't really seem to be working. People seem to be far more resilient than that, or far more, like, a little just brighter than that. Um, and so it's not collapsing into this sort of uh, socialist model it seems to be uh, collapsing in service of transitioning or evolving into this um, perhaps cryptocurrency truly value based economic system and people will be rewarded based on whether or not they can solve problems for other people so if you've got a cow and someone's hungry and uh and you've got everything that you need to eat, and you know how to build shelter, that might be what is of the most value in all of the paper currency in the world. Um, you might have to charge an absolute, like you might need a lot of paper currency to purchase something from someone who has something that is truly of value. I think that makes sense. I think what I said just makes sense, or I articulate it, articulated it right. So it's all sorts of really interesting stuff regarding what's really going on. This is what's actually going on. We may be facing an apocalyptic economic crisis, but what you're being told is now America's racist against Asians. Now, you know, it's just a racist country, so let's just take all our attention and focus it in the direction of the new type of racism that's been there all along, even though I have no evidence. I, I don't, I don't, where's, where's the Asian racism? I don't know. I guess, I guess because of COVID, there's Asian racism or there's racism against China people, Chi Chinese, China people, Chinamen. Chinese people because of um, COVID, but I don't, I don't know where, I don't know where the, those racists are. I mean, maybe in the deep South, I, there's just people that are just racist just for the sake of being racist. I don't know. But then all these Wokians who have 
ists of themselves and just busy pointing their finger at the next, the next, the next. There's no rhyme or reason to it. It's just like, let's just point our finger at whomever for whatever reason we feel like in whatever given moment. Um, oh, by the way, uh, in, in regards to uh, uh, racism against Asians, this is, what is, this is how this personally affects me. I just wrote a book. I finished the rough draft of it. I'm editing it. There is a part where I woke up in Japan out of a blackout, and one of the lines I say is, their skin was brown and their eyes were slanted, because that's exactly what was happening. Like, I was just all fucked up in this dystopian nightmare, and their skin is brown and their eyes are slanted. Now, what I'm legitimately afraid of is some fucking Wokian is going to come along and find a problem with that, and then I'm not going to be able to get it published. That's just the experience as I remember it. That's my personal subjective experience. Their skin was brown, and they were short, and their eyes were slanted. I was drunk. Give me a fucking, I miss heroin. You know, that's what was going on in my mind. Like, oh, my God, they're all, they're all yellow, and I'm white. This is not where I'm supposed to be from, and the water tastes weird, and their eyes are slanted. What the fuck? That's what was happening. And so now we've got this, like, all of these Wokians perpetuating this narrative all of that is preser- is 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 defending or not defending what's the word i'm looking for all of that seeks to preserve this dying paradigm this this maya this architect of delusion and the power structure is scrambling to hold on to it that's what's actually going on according to some people do your own research but if you put the if you put the the New York Times away or the Washington Post away and the turn off the news and you stay off of social media and you command of yourself that you seek a different uh, a different reporting or a different understanding of what's going on, you will see that what you're told is being going on, you're, what you're being told is going on is not what's going on at all. There's something else completely different going on. We are emerging into a new age and it's interesting i wonder what noam chomsky would have to say about all this because the like the entire because he wrote that book manufacturing consent and basically just says that like the newspapers just seek to get the consent of the populace that's all they exist and the media exists so as to get the consent of the population that's all that's happening but it's happening in the name of quote unquote equality but it's not really equality it's this weird fucked up sort of you have to go along with this or else you're a fucking whatever thing that's it's has nothing very little to do with equality um because people are ending up people are starting to censor themselves and when you're censoring yourself you are selling out in your authenticity so people are not being authentic in the way that they feel and in how they express how they feel and if you're not being authentic that energy gets squashed down it gets squashed down because it's not be it doesn't have an outlet and so a lot of people who don't have the outlets or who who are not sponsor who are not supported by the mainstream are starting to turn to one another and say hey I'm kind of sick of having my f- fingers pointed at me aren't you yeah me too and I'm not talking about conservatives I'm talking about true liberals so I hope you enjoyed my birthday edition. What is really going on? What do you think is really going on? If you ceased believing what they're telling you, fuck you, I won't do what you tell me. Fuck you, I won't believe what you tell me. What might actually be lurking on the other side of that? Ponder it. Thanks again for tuning in. I love you. I think you're amazing. Have a great day. Bye.
Goodbye to you. Goodbye to you. That we spent so many years before 